0: Anybody need, a, anybody need a lesson, raise your hand. All across the building, raise your hand. I think you're good. I think you've got to some in the back back there. All right. James chapter number one. Everybody grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. James, excuse me, James chapter number two. James chapter number two. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? All right. All right. Well, things are happening in the building. Things are happening in the building. Uh, Lord's willing, all the concrete in the balcony will be poured before Christmas. Say Amen. Amen. Uh, we've got already the the uh, the. Let's see, what would we call that? that? The primer coat and one finish coat on all the walls uh, from the gym back that way. Uh, all the sheetrock's done in the gym now. Uh, all the sheetrock on the right side, all the offices and, and the choir ready rooms and all of that uh, are are have got sheetrock on them and 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 uh, what do you call it? Mudded and bedded and taped. Is that right, Gabe? Did I say that right? All right. So can we give God praise and glory for that right there? Amen. Uh, we had. It, it's kind of cool. We had a, a little a, a little deal where where there was a a problem with the 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 drawings and the uh, the drawings weren't complete to a point, and it was we was going to have to come. Uh, uh, out with more money and so forth and so on it wasn't it wasn't what it was supposed to be So it was gonna cost us more money uh, one of the contractors came out and uh, and and they were going looking at everything what needed to be done That was supposedly not covered and and uh, he just said do it do it do it build it fix it build it fix it Don't worry about it. We'll handle it and covered all of it. Say amen right there Yes, give him praise right there. Give him praise so so, y'all are praying, we're giving, we're doing everything we can, and God is definitely doing his part. Amen? All right. Well, what we're going to do, we're going we're to start in James chapter number 2 and talk about how we treat others. We've been talking about maturity, developing uh, uh, Christian maturity. Uh, we've talked about temptation. We've talked about our trials and difficulties, the things that we go through in life, the first part of the book of James. Now we're going to talk about how we treat others. James chapter number two deals primarily how we treat others. How many of y'all know we're supposed to treat people like Jesus did? Amen. amen. I, we're going to read, we're going to read the first few verses here, first verse, I guess 13 verses, and then I want you, I want you to see a little short video. Uh, it's just a song, It's just a song that goes with, I think Casting Crown sings it, that kind of goes with this, and I'm going to read the words of the song afterwards. All right. So what, let's look in James 2 and verse one. If you found your spot say Amen. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. In other words, don't show partiality. Don't show favoritism. Don't be prejudiced. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool, are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren: hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom uh, which He hath promised to them that love Him? But ye, now see, He's not only teaching and telling the story; now He's saying, "You're actually, you've actually been guilty of this. Look what you've been doing." He says in uh, verse number. Uh, uh, verse 6. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point he's guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy. That's big time. And mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Father, thank you, Lord. For an opportunity to study and to read and to to glean from your word lord there's a bunch of people here who've worked all day long probably wore out and tired and, and 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 lord they came to receive something from you and i pray god they will i pray that lord every single thing that we we study and we take in tonight will change us will develop us will mature us and 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 help us to become more like you Lord, you know how desperately I need you in this study. I pray that you'll be with my mind and my heart. Help me to uh, just guide through the Word as we study and, and, and just, just reap the benefits of being in your Word tonight. I pray that you'll just bless, uh, lift every heart. I pray that you'll encourage the discouraged. I pray that you'll convict those who need it. I pray that you'll lift up the fallen. I pray your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen to this song.
1: Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. Cut down people in your name But the sword was never ours to swing Jesus, friend of sinners The truth's become so hard to see The world is on their way to you But they're tripping over me Always looking around but never looking up I'm so double-minded Thank God, Saint, with dirty hands and a heart divided, oh, Jesus, Frank What we're for, only what we're against When we judge the wounded What if we put down our signs Crossed over the line
0: because sometimes when you're hearing a song, you get into the tune and you, and you, really, you really don't get the, the truth. Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth becomes so hard to see. The world Now watch this. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around, this is us, always looking around, but never looking up, I'm so double-minded. A plank-eyed saint in dirty hands and a heart divided. Jesus, friend of sinners, the one who's riding in the sand. Now, y'all remember the, the occasion where he's riding in the sand because there's a bunch of uh, self-righteous Pharisees that want to stone a woman because of her sin. He's riding in the sand May the righteous turn away and the stones, or excuse me, may the righteous turn away and the stones fall from their hands. Help us to remember we are all the least of these. Let the memory of your mercy bring your people to their knees. Nobody knows what we're only for, only what we're against. Isn't that the truth? When we judge the wounded, what if we put down our signs, crossed over the lines, and love like you did? You love every lost cause you reach for the outcast, for the leper and the lame. They're the reason that you came. Lord, I was the lost cause, and I was the outcast. But you died for sinners just like me, a grateful leper at your feet. Ooh. Oh, Jesus, friend of sinners, open our eyes to the world. I, I, when, I, when I type this out, when I tell, I've sung this song a hundred times. I've listened to it on the radio a million times, and, and, and I, sometimes you don't see or hear what it's saying until you read it. Open our eyes to the world at the end of our pointing fingers. We're pointing at everybody else's sins. We're pointing at everybody else's failures. We're pointing at everybody else's issues. Let our hearts be led by mercy. Help us reach with open hearts and open doors. Oh, Jesus friend of sinners break our hearts for what breaks yours and all God's people said Mahatma Gandhi wrote in his autobiography That he was really really Considering the Gospels and reading the Gospels in a serious format and 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 considering becoming a Christian he really, believed, he really believed that Christianity and the gospel and, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ could, could solve a lot of the problems that were going on in India, the caste problem with the, the culture of India. I looked up the word caste. It's C-A-S-T-E. Uh, it, it is a division of society based on wealth, inherited rank, or occupation. In other words, a, making all classes of society. And he said, uh, I believe because of what he had read and what he had studied in the Gospels that Jesus had an answer to this division and this, this culture of prejudice and this, uh, this culture of division. And, and he went to a church. He went to a church and went into the church and the usher told him, you need to go worship with your people. And he turned around and left. And this is what he put in his autobiography. He said, if there is a caste system in the church, Christianity I might as well stay a Hindu now now because of the prejudice of an usher we have we have somebody who's turned away from Christ who's turned away from the gospel who's turned away from Christianity and here we live in a society today I, 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 I don't know if you you stay up with social media but all over social media all over the TV we are in a crisis in America. Our, our country today is more divided than it's ever been. Whether it's politics, whether it's racial division, uh, I have never in my life, I have never, and I, I, I grew up in the deep south. I grew up with, with uh, a, a lot in, in the atmosphere of prejudice and hate and everything you can imagine. And, and, and I, I don't think I've ever seen the hatred being spewed on, the, on the, the tips of people's fingers on a keyboard on both ways. Black against white, white against black, the, the whole deal. And I'm, I, and I'm thinking uh, where are we at? And James is sitting here and I know we're going use we're going to use the truth and the illustration uh, dealing with money, the rich versus the poor. But there's no question in my mind I believe we can apply this to any division that there is in the church whether it's whether it's uh, rich and poor uh, whether it's male or female whether it's white or black there's so many things that we can use and apply this to where there shouldn't be there shouldn't be favoritism there shouldn't be there shouldn't be prejudice there shouldn't be uh, one looking higher and showing esteem to one and not the other and James is seeing this going on and he is dealing with it and he's addressing it and there's four really uh important considerations that we need to look at when we study this particular chapter of why these things ought not so to be these things ought not so to be there should not be one person look down at another uh dr dr evie hill he was he was an awesome black preacher out in los angeles and and he said his his i believe it was either his father or his grandfather told him he said son you need to go and get an education so people won't look down on you and then you need to go get some more so you won't look down on others Boy, that's some good advice. Amen? Let's, let's, look at, let's look at our notes. Look at your notes. We're going we're to look at four considerations. Why, why we need to treat others and how we need to treat others. Why it's important not to, not to be or show favoritism in the church. Not just in the church, but anywhere. Anywhere. Verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. First thing uh, that he brings up is Jesus. I believe we can. I believe we can bring that up with anything. If we want to do anything right, if we want to live right, if we want to think right, if we want to be right, let's just think about Jesus. Jesus, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. What what do we need to think about when it comes to our Lord Jesus? First, write this down. His behavior. How did he treat people? Jesus. How many of y'all would agree with me tonight that Jesus is our ultimate primary example of being what we ought to be no question no question whatsoever his behavior Jesus treated others how he wanted to be treated look two things two things I want you to write down in his behavior his treatment of others his treatment of others we see in Matthew 22 16 Matthew 22 16 I I, I, I put I put four or five of the verses that came out of that chapter together in that but i took it out because of the room uh, uh when i was printing out your notes but even his enemies even his enemies said this we know that that thou art true and teachest the way of god in truth neither carest thou for any man for thou regardest not the person of men and what, what is he saying he didn't look at anybody because of their class. He didn't look at anybody because of their color. He didn't look at me. He He did not show favoritism whatsoever. It didn't matter who they are. He received everybody the same way. That's how he treated people. Even his enemies could recognize that. Isn't it amazing that your enemies can see something of your character just by the way they see you treat other people? Now, not only his treatment of others, but, but too. And this will help us. This one... This one will help us with the first one. Say, well, how can, I, how can I treat other people better? How can I do better at that? Preacher, I was raised a certain way. I was raised with a, uh, with a certain uh, uh, prejudice, and, and, I, and, and how, do I, how do I get over that, and how do I deal with that? Well, uh, you, you, can, you can treat each other better and treat people better by the way you view them, by the way you see them. Look at the second thing. Not only his treatment of others, but his view of others, how he saw people. How you see people will determine how you treat people. How many of y'all would agree with that? You know, it's amazing. It's awful quiet in here. We must be really struggling with this. It might be that we've been typing on that keyboard. Maybe this is maybe this is really timely. Listen, our Lord did not look, and by the way, by the way, before I even go any further, I just feel like I need to throw this out there. I don't care about your opinion, so don't stop me at that door when we leave here. Okay? Does everybody understand that? And, and don't blow up my Facebook, because I'll block you and cut you off. Say amen right there. All right? So keep your hate to yourself, and, uh, and we'll, we'll have a good time. Amen all right where was I at number two our Lord our Lord this is so good our Lord did not look at the outward appearance he looked at the heart he was not impressed with riches or social status the poor widow who gave her might was greater in his eyes than the rich Pharisee who boastfully gave his large donation furthermore he saw the potential in the lives of sinners now, how many of y'all would agree? Let's be honest. I mean, come on. Let's take off the halos and, and let's just be real. It's us. we all know we're, who we are and what we are wanting here, all right? So let's just be honest. How many of y'all have ever struggled with with just having and what's the word prejudice? It means prejudge, all right? You see somebody and you already, I, I, when I was growing up in high school, I would see somebody and I'd think, you know, I don't like that dude. I don't know him. I've never met him. There was a, there was a friend of mine uh, named Gary Conkle. Gary Conkle was in a grade, I think he was in a grade, either one or two grades ahead of me, and and I would see him around, I'd see him around school, and he just had a look about him. I mean, he just, uh, to me, he looked cocky, he looked arrogant, and I done made up my mind, I don't like him. I've never met the guy before. I've never talked to him a day in my life, but I was judging from an outward appearance. Now, how many of y'all have ever done that before and, and won't lie in the house of God? Come on now. And you know what? I met the guy, and he's a great guy. Gary was one of the best friends I ever had. Just as, just as humble, just as cool of a guy. But I just looked at his appearance and the way he held himself and the way he carried himself. I thought, no, nah, I don't like him at all. And, and I was so wrong. And I could have missed out on one of the greatest friends I ever had because I was looking and on the outward appearance and not seeing who the real guy was. Hey, we can do that too. We can prejudge somebody by the first... That You know, you, they say you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Sometimes people's first impressions are sorry. And so we judge who they are by that one thing. And they might have just been having a bad day that day. And here we go. Let's, let's, let's view people like Jesus. Jesus never looked at the outside. And he never... And this is, oh, have mercy. And he never considered their past... He always considered their potential now I don't know about you but if you've ever had a past you appreciate that when he saw when he saw Peter he, he didn't he didn't see a cussing fisherman he saw a disciple he saw somebody that have the have the guts to stand on the day of Pentecost and preach in boldness and he saw somebody who would write scripture one day in his word he saw somebody that would be On listen, a man of God that everybody could look to. Yeah, Peter had issues. Peter had mistakes and failures and all that. But Jesus saw things. When people saw Matthew, when people saw Matthew, they saw a tax collector. They saw a traitor. They saw a a Jewish traitor. He was a traitor, he was working for the Romans. That, listen, they wouldn't spit on him if he was on fire. Say amen. But Jesus said, come and follow me. You know why? Because Jesus saw his potential. Jesus saw him one day writing scripture and put in his word. Look how Jesus sees people. How did, how did Jesus see the woman at the well? You know, that woman with a reputation, Them been married five times shacking up with the one she was with then. Y'all with me? Y'all still awake? Hello? The one that the disciples were shocked when they saw her talking to him or him talking to her, they couldn't believe it. One, she probably had a reputation. I'm not sure that the disciples knew about that reputation because, you know, they weren't real familiar with that area and, and, and that type of thing. Uh, but they, 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 it, was, it was not custom uh, to, for a, a man and a woman uh, uh, to be talking out in public that way and 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 so here they are but Jesus saw somebody who would go into the town and bring the whole town out to him that's the way Jesus sees people Jesus sees people you know what when when the people when the people saw my dad when he was 17 18 years old they saw a hoodlum they saw a mean drunk they saw, they saw somebody who wanted to fight all the time. Who would, you know, you know that saying uh, uh, that he will fight at the drop of a hat. Dad would drop the hat. And that's all people saw. So the day he got saved, you know what they said? We'll give him two weeks. He's got religion. Well, he had more than religion because somebody very high looked very low and saw a man who would pastor a church for over 20 years, a man who would lead another man to Christ whose name was Travis. And everybody else saw a, a dipping redneck, a hog hunting hoodlum. Are y'all with me? I don't know what April saw. Hey, man, I don't have no idea. But God saw a missionary fixing to go to now what would happen what would happen in our church if we started looking at the person in the pew next to us and look for their potential and not just their past what what if we could what if we had the ability you say well I don't have the ability like Jesus did that's not because you're not trying We're gonna uh, uh, let's see them. You know what I found out? You know what I found out about truth? People will never see truth till they're looking for it. On these social media sites and all this, I'm, I'm seeing so much stupid junk posted on both sides of the of the deal. And here's what I'm seeing: people who are blind are choosing to remain blind. And and if you can leave here and still hate people, you're choosing that. You're choosing that. Listen. Let us continue. <laughs> it's going to get better, y'all. I'm telling you, it, it really is. We are prone we are prone to judge people by their past, not their future. When Saul of Tarsus was converted, the church in Jerusalem was afraid to receive him. It took Barnabas, who believed in Saul's conversion, to break down the walls. And we are also prone to judge by outward appearance rather than by the inner attitude of the heart. Now, two things we see. Now, remember, now remember, James is primarily dealing with the fact that they were being prejudiced against poor people. People, people that were of a higher class were looking down at people of a lower class. So keep that in mind. Now, we can't apply this to everything else. We can apply this to any other prejudice or any other favoritism you want to put. But primarily, that's what he's talking about. So so let's, let's use Jesus, not only his behavior, as a reason that we should look at people the way Jesus does, but what about this? His background. His background. Look what it says. Jesus was despised and rejected. This fact was prophesied in Isaiah 53. He was the poor man who was rejected by the self-righteous nation. Unlike the foxes and the birds, he had no home. He grew up in the despised city of Nazareth in a home that knew the feeling of poverty. Had you and I met him while he was ministering on the earth, we would have seen nothing physically or material that would have attracted us to him. Yet, he is the very glory of God. The religious experts in Christ's day judged him by their human standards, and they rejected him. He came from the wrong city, Nazareth of Galilee. He was not a graduate of their accepted schools. He did not have the official approval of people in power. He had no wealth. His followers were a nondescript mob and included publicans and sinners, yet he was the very glory of God. Now, before you turn the page, because I know you quit listening when you do that, watch this, watch this jesus said jesus said when you've done it unto the you have done it unto now we know he was talking about a glass of water we we know he was talking about ministry and and helping people and blessing people but what about being prejudiced to people when you look down at other people the least of these guess what jesus is saying How many of y'all are glad that Jesus landed in a manger so he could could understand and associate with everyone? So we could all get to him and who he was. Church, say amen. Let's think about Jesus. Then number two, let's consider not only Jesus, but why don't we consider grace? Thank God for grace, amen? It says in verse number number 3, or verse 2 verse 2 he gives he gives the the story and he says look let me let me let me give you illustration what if there's somebody that comes in and they they are rich man they've got cufflinks on they've got an Armani suit on they look like they've got it going on you know uh, that they've got money in the bank and then you've got somebody come in that Travis brought we all know Travis works with the homeless Uh, picked them up from the bridge up there Brother Broder you brought people that you've met under bridges and different things come how are you gonna treat them? how are you going where are you gonna sit them where are you going you know and, and we know that we don't we don't sit people and, 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 and say okay bring him in that but the point is how do we treat them? Would you be more prone to talk to the guy with the Armani suit on or the one that stunk like he ain't had a bath in three weeks? Right? I know this ain't fun. I know it. I'd rather be sitting where you are so I could amen whoever was getting glared at. So, are y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. How would we treat them? You know, I I think sometimes that type of person makes us uncomfortable. And I don't think it's because we think we're better than them. It could be th- we could be them. And 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 sometimes, in an effort to make sure, we don't want to think about that, because sometimes we realize we have a responsibility to help that person. How many? Are, here's let me illustrate it. Just great illustration. Come kind on. Of How many of y'all, when y'all watch the TV and you got the remote in your hand? Because if you're a male, you have the remote in your hand when you're watching TV. And and you're watching your favorite show, and then all of a sudden, uh, that that, that, that commercial about that starving child comes on, and and, and I need to find another channel. Now, how many of y'all with me? Come on. Because if I keep watching, I may feel responsible. And I may have to do something. God may convict me, but if I turn the channel, you know, God won't talk to me no more, amen? Grace, grace. Let's get back. I'm running a rabbit. Here we go. He gives the illustration. He says, look, let me tell you what you're doing. Verse 4. When you show partiality and you treat one better than the other, he said, you you become partial in yourself, this is verse 4, and are become judges of evil thoughts. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not, this is, this is cool. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the You are despising whom he chose. Do not rich men. Let me, let me show you how rich people treat you. Now, now let me say this. Uh, understand this. If you're wealthy in here, if you're wealthy in here, we're building a building. All right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know where that come from. No. Listen. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sorry. When he is using this term, when he's saying the rich oppress, he's talking about lost people, okay? Does everybody understand that? He's talking about the way the lost are treating and mistreating poor people and, and abusing them to get richer. Does everybody understand that? So when we talk about rich being poor, it's almost, the way it's read, it's almost like it's, a, it's, it's sinful to be rich or to be wealthy. That's not true. That's not what he's talking about. There are a bunch of wealthy people who are very uh, 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 benevolent, very generous, uh, probably more than, than, than most anybody. So it's not, the, the issue is not being rich. It's the issue of abusing people who are not. Does everybody understand that? Now watch, now watch. In this particular thing, in verse number 5, verse number 5, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? Now, here's what I want you to see about grace. We see grace. We see grace. First, A, if you're writing, writing these notes down, write this down. We see grace in God's choosing or God's choice, whatever you want to, whichever word you want to do that. What do you mean? God picked you, you didn't pick him. God came looking for you. You didn't come looking for him. The greatest story, one of the greatest pictures of grace in all of the Bible is when David sent for Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was a cripple. Mephibosheth was broke because of the the actions of somebody else. Guess what? You're a sinner because of the actions of Adam. And Mephibosheth was in a place called Lodibar. Lodibar means no thing. No thing, nothing. You had nothing. No peace, no joy, no happiness. He was a beggar depending on somebody else. But there was somebody in high places that had him on his mind. His name was King David, and he asked for somebody. Does anybody know of anybody of the house of Saul that I may show kindness to him for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant. Say amen. Amen. This servant, he knew where Mephibosheth was. This servant knew his need. He knew that he was broken. He said, there is a man by the name of Mephibosheth down in Lodibar. And David the king said, go fetch him. And that servant is a type of the Holy Spirit. David is a type of God the Father. Uh, Jonathan is a type of the Savior. And God the Father, he showed mercy on us because of his son. Say amen. I am going to heaven because of the grace of God because somebody came to where I was and took me to where he's going to be. It's like the psalmist said, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry, and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of my clay, and he set my foot on a rock. He brought me up. I couldn't get up, so he came down to where I was. Somebody say amen. It was his Grace. I'm saved today because of grace, not my heritage, not my background, not my pedigree, not because my daddy was a preacher. I'm saved today because of the grace of God. How in God's name can I look down on somebody else after God showed so much grace to me? We go to look at people and look down on people and think we're better than them. Honey, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd be smoking crack. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Don't look down on an addict. Don't look down on a drunk. Don't look down on a harlot. Don't look down on nobody else because it's the grace of God that put us where we are. God's grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, we see grace in God's choice. The emphasis here is in God's choosing, and this involves grace. If salvation, if salvation were on the basis of merit, it would not be by grace. Grace implies God's sovereign choice of those who cannot earn and do not deserve his salvation. How many of y'all know none of us deserve it? God saves us completely on the basis of the work of Christ on the cross and not because of anything that we are or have. Amen. We see grace in two things, not only God's choice, but we also see grace in God's disregard. God's disregard, preacher, what he's saying. There's some things he ignores. He ignores. He disregards, number one, he ignores national differences. He doesn't care whether you're Jew or Gentile. There was a, there was a, day, there was a day when it was really important to be a Jew, but God showed them different. The Jewish believers were shocked when Peter went to the Gentile household of Cornelius. He preached to the Gentiles and even ate with them. The topic of the first church council was this. Must a Gentile become a Jew to become a Christian? And the answer the Holy Spirit gave them was no. Say amen. In the sight of God, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile when it comes to condemnation or salvation. And by the way, Peter struggled with that too. God had to really get His attention three times before He'd fall in line with it, and that's that's a whole other message. But anyway, God ignores national differences. Doesn't matter whether you're. And, and by the way, by the way, we gotta quit thinking and acting like God is an American God. He's the God of the world. One thing. One thing that that Beck is really seeing. Uh, is is that god is just as real in the dominican republic as he is on the corner of campground road in 157. he's just as real up in those villages in the mountains he's just as real in that orphanage he's just as real in that that woman's home for uh, abused women he's just as real uh, listen in in uh, 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 moscow in germany in china god's no respecter of persons listen he ignores nationality. Listen, not only that, he also ignores social differences. Thank God. Masters and slaves, rich and poor, they're all alike to him. James teaches us that the grace of God makes the rich man poor because he cannot depend on his wealth. It makes the poor man rich because he inherits the riches of grace and Christ. The Lord maketh poor, he maketh the rich. He bringeth low, he lifteth up, he raiseth up the poor out of the dust, he lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. And all God's people it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad grace, it just reaches everywhere. It's kind of like water. Water will get through cracks. I had a, I had a, 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 a gun clip in my pocket, uh, uh, one of my hunting guns. I, I had a clip in my pocket, and I don't know if you ever seen a bullet, but they look pretty tight. Uh, you know, bullet, casing, bullet. Y'all with me? Well, I left that thing in my britches, and my wife washed my britches. I didn't think nothing of it. So I, went, I, was, I was hunting, and, and I had my clip in the gun, and I said, uh-oh, there he is. Click. Click. Every one of them bullets. And I'm thinking, how in the world? How in the world? And and as tight as those bullets are, water got in them. You know what? It don't matter who you are. It don't matter where you are. Grace will find you. Grace has found people on a bar stool. Grace has found people in a crack house. Grace has found people on a battlefield. Grace has found people, listen, in in the craziest places. It's found rich people. It's found poor people. Grace has found good people, and it's found bad people. Are you all with me? How are we going to look down on somebody when it took just as much grace to deliver me as it did them? Amen. Amen? All right. If those two don't work for you, how about number three? Let's consider Jesus. Let's consider grace, verses 5 through 7. Then let's consider Scripture. How many of y'all know the Bible's right? How many of y'all know the word will work if you work it? Watch this, verse number 8. Verse number 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well but if you have respect to persons you commit sin now let's think about that a minute let's think about that a minute let's run a little rabbit here everybody looks at being drunk as a sin everybody everybody looks at 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 stealing a car as being a sin everybody looks at at viewing pornography as a sin Everybody, everybody sees, you know, uh, 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 injuring somebody else or, or, or whatever. We, we all classify those as sin. But that Bible just told me that if you show favoritism, that's a sin. I wonder when's the last time that we've asked God to forgive us of being prejudiced. Or because we showed favoritism. Or because we looked down on somebody who wasn't just like us. Now, I've asked God to forgive me tons of times of being angry or being doing this or doing that, but you know what? I, I, I've thought about this a minute, even, even studying this. When's the last time I just said, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me of favoritism, of being prejudiced, of prejudging somebody before I knew them. It's a sin. Why? The Bible tells us so. Now watch what, watch what we can find from this. <clears throat> James <clears throat> James reached back into the Old Testament for one of God's laws. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In his parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus told us that our neighbor is anyone who needs our help. It is not, amen, now you got to get this. Underline this if you don't mind. Underline this if you don't mind it is not a matter of geography but opportunity anybody can be your neighbor anytime the important question is not who is my neighbor but to whom can I be neighbor all right watch this here's a question why is love thy neighbor called a royal law why is love that matter of fact matter of fact uh, this is one that Jesus says is really important, really important. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind. Are you all with me? He said, but watch. He said, I want you to love each other too, and this is important. Now, why? Why, did, why did James refer to it as a royal law? Well, first, A, because of its author. The king wrote it. The king wrote it. It was given by the king. God the Father gave it in the law. God the Son reaffirmed it in His disciples, John 13, 34. God the Spirit fills our heart with God's love and expects us to share it with others, Romans 5, 5. True believers are taught of God to love one another. Now, here's the cool part. This is the the best part about this deal. In the Scripture... We find that we are to love our neighbor. It's called the royal law because of its author, but then be, watch this, because of its authority. This one law, the ability and authority, put that word beside it too ability. Its ability and authority, watch this. This one rule rules all the other laws. This one rule rules all the other laws. Love is the fulfilling of the law. There would be no need. There would be no need for the thousands of complex laws if each citizen truly loved his neighbors. We would not have to write, Thou shalt not kill if we loved everybody. We would not have to write, Thou shalt not steal if we loved everybody. We would not have to write, Thou shalt not commit adultery because if we loved everybody, we wouldn't... Are y'all with me? We wouldn't bear false witness. We wouldn't lie. So, preacher, what are you saying? Jesus had it right. He said, if you would just love your neighbor, all the rest of them be taken care of. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Romans 13, 8. I got it right in your notes right there. You don't have to look it up. It's right there. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended, in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Watch verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Let's all read this. Therefore, that's it. If you love somebody, you're not going to prejudge them. Amen? Watch, 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 and and he he goes on to say this. He goes on to say this because he knew he had had some self righteous hypocrites in the, in the congregation. So he said, "Look, guys," he said. He said, "Thou shalt not kill is there. And thou shalt not steal and all this." He said, "But the same one, the same one that wrote one wrote the other. And and you might be proud because you ain't killed nobody." And you might be self righteous because you haven't stole from somebody. Let me let me let me clarify and, and just get real. Uh, you might think you're a pretty good Christian because you show up on Sunday and go to church and raise your hand and say Amen and have your Bible. But let me tell you something: if you're sitting there prejudging somebody else and looking down on somebody else and showing favoritism because of whatever reason, you got problems. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He says, because if you're guilty of that one, you're guilty of all the rest of them. You're a transgressor of the law. Preacher, what are you saying? Let's don't, we can't pick the Bible like a buffet. Okay, I'm good with that one. I'm not good with it. Buffets are great. That's the, that's the only way I could finally get my dad to eat Chinese food. I mean, he was not going to do it. I said, Dad, it's a buffet. It's a buffet. They got it lined up right here. You can go along. If it looks good, you can try it. If it don't, you don't have to worry. You can pick and choose all you want. It's just whatever. You can leave some. You can take some. doesn't matter. You can try. Okay, finally. I go up there and make my plate, and I go sit down, and I wait, and I wait. And I wait. I'm trying not to be rude. I'm going to say the blessing for both of us. you know. I'm, and I'm waiting. And I'm, I'm thinking, dear. he finally comes and sits down, and his face is white as a ghost. I'm talking about white. And he's almost trembling. And I said, what's wrong with you? He said, man, how many of y'all have ever heard of Hunan pork? He said, I saw that, and I thought that said human pork. come on man really I'm sorry I just thought about that and I thought it was funny too many people (laughs) only my father amen we can't take what we like and leave the rest we can't we either gotta be Jesus all the way or none at all now, I know, I know, I know where I'm preaching at. I know we're in Alabama. I know we're in the Deep South. And I know we all have issues. I thought I wasn't as prejudiced until I read some of the stuff I read on social media. And I still see I got some problems I'm, I'm working through. But I think we all are. I think we all are. And I think Jesus wants us to get to the place that we can see through our past with people we can see through problems that we've had in the present with people and see you know what they got potential they got potential now watch now let's clarify something let's clarify something this this might help some of y'all be able to sleep tonight cuz you're struggling right now I can tell christian love christian love does not mean that i have to like a person I figured y'all would be shouting right there. That's, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. No, it doesn't mean I have to like a person and agree with him on everything. I may not like his vocabulary or his habits. I may not want him for an intimate friend. Christian love means treating others the way God has treated me. Now, now watch, watch. Let me finish, let me finish now. Christian love is an act of the will, not, and this is really good, not an emotion that I try to manufacture. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to love them when I can feel it. Well, you're wasting your time because love is not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice. Now, watch, watch. So it's good for me there because sometimes I don't feel like loving somebody. The motive, the motive for loving everybody is to glorify God, make God look good. We are God's children. God loves everybody. We're going to be like God. The means, how am I going to love people? By the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. As I act in love toward another, I may find myself drawn more and more to him, and I may see him through Christ qualities that before were hidden to me. My dad, my dad told me something. He said you know he grew up in a very very difficult time in our country a very prejudiced uh, background and atmosphere and that type of thing and uh, and he literally hated people hated people he said he got saved and things just changed things just changed he said i don't know how to explain it i don't know now don't get me wrong he had issues to get through and he had issues he had to deal with and probably still dealing with some but there was something that changed. Something came on the inside of him that helped him do what he needed to do, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I I need everybody to understand. There are some people I don't like. I just don't like. Now, that doesn't mean I don't love them. That don't mean I'm not treating them or can treat them like Christ, but I'm not going to hang out with them. Does everybody understand that? Because some people get this crazy idea that that, that showing Jesus' love means you got to hang out. Well, you just, you won't hang out. No, I don't want to hang out with you because you're too negative. You don't never shut up. I can't get a word in edgewise. That don't mean I don't love you. That just just means that we're not going to have Christmas dinner. Say amen. Because some people try to use this as leverage. Y'all with me? now some of y'all y'all need to put the halos in the pocket come on how many you all know there's some people that you you just don't feel comfortable around and it has nothing to do with their color has nothing to do with their social status doesn't have nothing to do with their 401k they're just irritating say man that's not what we're talking about it's not what we're talking about you can love somebody and not necessarily Does this make sense? I mean, let's be real. Let's be practical. God wants us to love everybody. I love people. There's some people I love dearly, but I can't stand the way they talk. I can't stand the way they they, they treat their children. I can't stand the way they treat their spouse. I still love them. But, boy, there's just a... So make sure you understand what James is saying here. James is not saying that we have to agree with everybody. See, there's a problem in our country today. People have this idea if you don't agree with them, then you're then you're a racist. Or if you don't agree with them, then you're a hate monger. Or if you don't agree with them, that you just it goes I mean, this thing this thing is not just a race issue. This is, a, this is a line that's being drawn in our country with, with uh, uh, preaching against homosexuality, preaching against issues and things in our country. If I disagree with you, that don't mean I, I hate you. That, that doesn't mean that, 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 hey, that I've got an agenda against you. I just believe a truth in the Bible. So don't throw something up to defend a lifestyle. Are y'all with me? I think we have about gone clinically insane in our country. Common sense has left a long time ago. Y'all with me? So, let's love people. Let's love people. It don't matter who they are. Let's see them like God sees. Well, I, God, Jesus never had. Okay, wait a minute. Jesus loved the one that was nailing him to a cross. Jesus loved the one that took a cat of nine tails and put it across his back and ripped the meat out of his back. Jesus loved the one that kissed him on the cheek in betrayal. Jesus loved the one that spit in his face. I almost think I'd rather somebody slap me in the face and spit in my face. But it was dripping off his face plucked the beard out of his face called him everything under the sun father forgive them for they know not what they do see even in his death he is looking at their potential you know what I just thought about something I just thought about something Jesus saw potential in people that never come to fruition In other words he saw potential in people that never fulfilled that potential but yet he was able to see it how are we seeing people how are we looking at people are we viewing them like Jesus did because if we view them as Jesus did we will be able to treat them like Jesus did lastly I didn't even realize time we're out of time but 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 wait but well, wait, the fourth thing. What was the first thing? Real quick, tell me, tell me. Let's consider Jesus. Number two, let's consider. Number three, let's consider. Number four, most important, let's consider judgment. Look what it says. Look what it says. In verse number, verse uh, uh, 12. Speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be by the law of liberty, for he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. preacher, what are you saying? There's three things I'll just I'll give them to you, you write them down, you can read them at home. Three things that God's going to judge. Our words? He's going to judge our words? He's going to judge our deeds? And he's going to judge our attitudes. Now, let me ask you a question. Now now, now now, flip your papers over and then look at me because we got to go. Really, we got to go. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Is everybody looking? All right. When you're standing before the judgment, how do you want God to see you? And how how do you want him to treat you? Because he's going to treat you like you treat others. If you don't show no mercy, he's not going to show no mercy. Read it. We'll dismiss with that, all right? Lord, help us to treat others like you did. Lord, Lord, help us to treat others like